With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of Coppin Frackers. This week's special episode of Copper and Fracker, proudly powered by Touchline Media Group. I'm your host for this week, Quish. I just want to get a few housekeeping notes out of the way. If you are a big fan of the pod and you're in any type of football WhatsApp group, you're in a football team, you're in a football Discord, you're in a football Reddit group, and if you're liking the content you're hearing from not only us, but the entire Touchline Media Group, please, please share that content. Every little view, every little listen, it helps for us and it goes towards the greater good. Of course, if you're loving what we do here at Cop End, we do have our Patreon page and from as little as £3 a month, you can get extra content that be written, video, verbal, whatever you like, a little bit of ASMR, we cater for everything, you know what I mean, baby? <laughs> so if you are looking for a little bit of extra Cop End content, please head over to www.patreon.com forward slash Cop and Fracast and do subscribe today. So, with all that out the way, 
I have got a all-star lineup of gents with me today. A real cast of characters. Um, joining me today, I have got Glam. Good evening, bro. Good evening, people. Good evening, How are you, Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> I love where this is going already. How are you doing, Glam? How are you dealing with uh, no club football? Um, you know what? I get, I, it hasn't been that bad, you know. I was, I've, I've had quite a busy few weeks. And obviously, to be honest with you, there's a lot of gains on rotation. So it hasn't been that bad. And a few of our players are playing. So, But I can't lie. I've been having dreams about the Merseyside Derby for about two nights now. I can't <laughs> lie. I won't tell you what I dreamt. Because I won't come lie. But yeah, it's been all right. It hasn't been too bad. That's good to hear, bro. It's good to hear. I'm also joined by Mr. Anik. How are you, sir? I'm so, so Krish. So, so, mate. Still reading after that result. But yeah. Trying to keep a low profile, to be honest with you. Everyone's got a plan till you get punched in the mouth, and it's all about how you get up after it, as the good Mike Tyson said, the good brother Mike Tyson said. So we'll see how we respond on Saturday, and no doubt we'll be talking about that later on. And last but not least, I'm joined by the big Mike himself, the general, the, the leader of Coffin. Mr. Ellis, how are you doing this <laughs> evening, sir? Yeah, I'm not too bad, sir. I'm not too bad. Shakespeare ain't got shit on me, man. Um, it's so... true, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, glam. You know what I'm saying? But how's everyone doing, man? Well, I think everyone's good. I think everyone's had the, the right time to decompress. I yeah. think we needed that after um, after the, the, the Villa result. Got a little bit tongue-tied there. I see I'm even getting the PTSD thinking about it, talking about it. Ooh, <laughs> it's in the bones, man. You know what I mean? Um, so let's, let's, let's talk into that. And we did a full autopsy last week um i've never seen something as comprehensive as uh as what we did in terms of diagnosing a, a 7-2 defeat at villa park the horror show at villa park as i'm referring to it from now on um there was a lot of things we left unanswered from that game deliberately so we could talk about it on this week's pod so anik i'll come to you first one of the main talking points from that game was around the man himself, the guy who rented out a stadium to parade around with his medals, um, void of shame, um, and then decided to tweet after the game. Mr. Adrian, how do you feel about him potentially being in goal for the next four to six weeks? I mean, to be, to be honest with you, Chris, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm, I'm really worried about this guy being in goal. Um, we can just look back through his time at Liverpool and he's just made a catalogue of errors and it's not even like the same error he's making. He makes multiple errors, but a variety of them. So he continually runs off his line. His distribution always is poor. His shot stopping is not good enough. And to be honest with you, like just looking at the games ahead, we've got three Champions League games, which, you know, on paper we should be able to get through. But just having him there just strikes me with such fear. And to be honest with you, I really think we're vulnerable. Um, and it just puts the whole defence uh, uh, sort of... It, it just puts them as well under the cosh. Um, so, yeah. And I think the most worrying thing about having him in goal is that, you know... You, you can't explain him being so bad. Like, you can't even teach this guy on the training pitch how to be a good keeper. Like, he's just not good, full stop. Um, and, you know, I've got a couple of other agendas to run on him, whether it's FSG or whether it's the manager or whoever not investing enough time in him. But to be honest with you, Chris, he's just not good enough. Um, and, yeah, I don't think it 
it looks too good for us um, in the upcoming games. Uh, are you in the camp that would firmly take Jack Butland as the number two goalkeeper at the moment? Or has it not got that bad? I think it's anyone but Adrian. Um, and I, I think you also touched on it as well. I think this this overconfidence as well really doesn't help. Yeah. You know, he came out after the game and was like, oh, we'll come back stronger. And, you know, he's like there always trying to motivate the players and, you know, hiring out a stadium with all these medals. It just doesn't help. And it just sets himself up to get such, you know, slander on the socials and people just to realise that, you know what, He's just not a good enough keeper. He's he's not Liverpool quality at all. He's not good. He's not Liverpool quality at all. I will do. It's it's a weird one. I don't really want to do the counterpoint, but I'll I'll do the counterpoint. Um, I feel very very unclean doing the counterpoint. Um, in terms of the him kind of evolving and developing his game, he's thirty three years old, yeah. so it's one of those ones where it's like you can't teach it exactly new tricks. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't expect him to spend the next two weeks kind of really focusing on his distribution and whatnot because it, in, in contrast where we've got uh, probably I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of his name uh, Peter Luger the young Brazilian keeper that we've got yeah so with him he's more the ball of clay that we can mould and very much kind of evolve like a Pokemon for example he's in his Charmander phase and Adrian's very much in his Charizard phase we need to evolve into that point we need to get him on the right track give him the right moves make sure he's got the right XP blah 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 I'm a massive nerd so thank you very much for everyone for bearing with me for that example um, and I, I guess it's it's a weird one for him and, and there's two points I want to I want to touch on here it's really weird that when we're in the exact predicament we were with him last season at the very beginning when he came in at Norwich he didn't have the stink on him if you get what I mean. He didn't have the exactly. stigma attached to him as being a very error-prone goalkeeper. Even against Southampton when he cocked up, we kind of let that go in a weird way. We're like, okay, cool. Nerves. It's, you know, second or fourth game in goal. We'll write it off and see where it is. But it kind but of... He, but, but uh, Sorry, Chris, to interrupt you there, but those no mistakes he made at the start of the year, they were all compensated. They were all compensated <laughs> by the fact that the players dug him out of trouble. Like... Yeah. The writing was there on the wall. He made so many errors. Like Brighton, he couldn't even organise a wall. And Lewis Dunk's just there stroking the ball in. Against Southampton, he just passes it straight to Danny Ings. And, oh, getting frustrated. um, Lay it out, man. Lay it out. (laughs) It's it's a safe space. (laughs) I think even in the the Southampton game, he made a wicked save. I don't know when it was. I think it was towards the end, but he made a really point-blank save. Which kept us in a game. I think it was like, uh, I don't know if it was one one or so or two one. But yeah, he made a good against, save. But but against Southampton, we were. I'm sure we were two 0 up, and he makes that error. Yeah, it, yeah, we were. Yeah, think, yeah, and again, so it just puts us at one 0 Okay, yeah, kept us in a game. But either way, it doesn't really excuse it, the mistakes he makes or he's making. So um, that's not very. I think well, that point I made was because of. Why we gave him a bit of a leeway mm-hmm. yeah, because, like, he, he's someone that's a decent shot stopper. But no, nah, man, you can't, yeah, you can't I'll, compensate I'll, for them. I do second that, but I think, um, with Adrian, when I know it, that's Southampton error was an error, but prior to that, from Norwich, he came in, Super Cup was fantastic. Um, he, he done okay, and I'll say, I know he made an error, but I didn't really notice how prone he was until Atletico Madrid, I'll be honest. And he just threw me off. And now I'm looking at him now, as Anik said, I, 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 I'm nervous for him in goal. I'm just nervous, man. We could be yeah. winning 3-0 and 
and passing simple, passing move, passing move, he will fuck it up somehow. I just see it. He would just have like a, have you seen Crank? If um, thing, he just have like one of their moments where I don't know what goes through, flashes through his head, and he just does a madness. And you think to yourself, "What on earth? Why did you do that?" Do you know what I mean? So I, I'm I not confident him in goal, and I think teams get confidence from him in goal, just like other way with um, Pickford. I think um, any other error prone keepers, a team will get confidence. They'll start throwing shots in or pressuring you when the ball comes to you, and that's not good. It's not good. Well, I mean, I'll flip it over as well. I mean, when we played uh, Chelsea and Kepa was in goal, we specifically yeah. targeted him. At one point, yeah. I think, was it Firmino who told him where to pass the ball and he passed the yeah. ball into that direction? Yeah. It's just, it, it, it is ludicrous. And it does give, especially when you have a well-built unit like Liverpool, when Alisson yeah. is in goal and everything is running as smooth as it possibly can, it's hard to find a weakness. And that's why teams do target that right-hand side of the defence because... You have to go for one vulnerable. You have to go for the one slightest chink of the armour, and you might as well just keep on trying to pan that specific area. But now you've got this guy in goal who has shown time and time again that he is prone to not even the odd error to just catastrophe central. Um, it gives them the hope and it says, "Okay, cool. We'll play on this guy. We'll do something, and he's going to cock up. Just make sure we're in the right position, and we'll be guaranteed to get something out of it." So it is a massive, massive concern. But I think one of the things we also will have. I think but not, not even us, the, the defence needs to do and the back line as a whole. They need to just drill it in their heads that we don't have the beautiful Brazilian man in gold anymore. He's not there for the next month. He's on he's on annual leave. He's gone. He ain't around. We might see him at Melwood, but he ain't on the pitch. And they need to just readjust and do everything, which is one of the massive downfalls from that Villa game as well. So I think on that, Chris, do you think FSG have missed a trick here? in terms of not investing heavily in a backup keeper or not or or not trying to bring in a suitable backup. It's like you know, as harsh as as, as harsh as this will sound, it's like you allocate pennies to your backup goalkeeper, which is what we done last year, and you're gonna yep. get that in return in terms of quality. So I've got two very much train of thought on this. I think I, I agree with you in terms of that we should have been investing in a backup goalkeeper a little bit sooner. Um, and I'm not going to put all my hopes on uh, the new kid to come in. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's generally 17, isn't he? So I'm not going to put the, the chips on a 17-year-old kid, especially when goalkeepers don't realistically mature until they're 24, 25. Mm-hmm. I think the massive problem that we've got is to find a goalkeeper who is 60% as good as... Um, I was going to say Adrian then. I mean, bloody hell, don't find a goalkeeper who's <laughs> 60% as good as Adrian. Do not find one like that. Um, if you find a goalkeeper that's 60% as good as Alisson, um, that goalkeeper can play for any other club because a goalkeeper who's 60% as good as Alisson is a starter for most Premier League teams. And that's one of the big, big things. And that's the, It's so hard to get that goalkeeper job nailed down. And... Man United are in a very, very weird position where, I'll use them as an example, they've got Henderson, who at this possible point is probably better than De Gea. It might sound a bit blasphemous for me saying that. And then they've also got Sergio Romero, who, again, would probably start for most teams, but they're very comfortable. So we need someone to come in with that hunger, that kind of desire to get a little bit better and develop their game. But it is just so, so hard to find a good young goalkeeper in a in, in football these days, they can come in and it's comfortable just sitting down developing when they can just go and start for somewhere else. Yeah, I suppose the, the drop-off, though, between Alisson and, and, and Adrian, is, it, it is quite scary. And if you even look mm-hmm. at, like, um, 
previous sort of championship winning teams, you know, you do have a, a reasonable backup keeper as well. Like I know City have Claudio Bravo, Chelsea, when they won the league, they had uh, Begovic. They also had Czech. Chelsea further back, they even had Kudacini. You know, you, you always need a, a decent enough backup keeper. And I just think the drop-off between Alisson and Adrian is is, is too big. And and, and, and teams will, will expose it. I'm, I'm, I'm really worried for, for the games that are coming up, to be honest with you. Especially... Okay. With- Completely agree with what you said. I think it's it's a weird one as well because you literally saw a scenario similar to it with with Arsenal recently. So you've had uh, Emmy Martinez who had a fantastic end to his season and a, a really good beginning to his this season as well. And he's literally just gone. No, I want to go somewhere else and, and start. And he's been sold for twenty five million to Villa. So it's it is really difficult to nail that back 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 of goalkeeper position as opposed to how it was years and years ago. I mean, I remember when we had you know when we had. Rainer and I think we had Paul Jones as like a backup at some point yeah. and yeah. we had you know Carson wasn't good enough and yeah. Chris was, you just have those like weird dearths we there's also Kirkland scenarios and Dudek yeah Kirkland Dudek Vestavelt was crap and Dudek yeah. came in but it, it's, it's really difficult because I think Bayern Munich have done a really good job of doing it with having over the past few years. And that's mainly just due, due to um, Neuer's injuries as well. But Ulrich's come in and did a decent job. They've gone inside that Swiss, I think he's, he's that Swiss goalkeeper that they signed. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was Swiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking. I know you're talking. So they basically go out and get someone. But again, you can say to him, Neuer might only play for another two or three years. So just stick it out. You can play Champions League games and whatnot. So. Is there, and speaking of goalkeepers, is there any guy, is there any young goalkeepers or goalkeepers that you can you think fit the mould that we need? So has really good distribution and good shot stopping um, and can actually, you know, talk to his defence, <laughs> which always helps. Have you got any mm-hmm. goalkeepers in mind? Might well did a bit of early transfer shopping. Yeah, the, the keeper at Ajax, he seems, um, he seems, I don't know, he's not. Oh, or Nana. Yeah, yeah he, he, seems, he seems pretty decent because of his feet. Obviously, because of the way um, Ajax play and decent shot stopping, um, he won't want to come as two. But yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's a difficult problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Like, how many keepers can we say that are out there looking to come and sit down? Like, you can sell it all you want. Oh yeah, come play for Liverpool. Fantastic. Yeah, that's all. That's all well and good. But I don't really want to sit down on the bench. Mm. Like, who who is who is Manchester City's second choice goalkeeper at the moment? I think it was Bravo. Bravo. It was Bravo. Did I thought he left on a free? You might be right, you know. And I know they brought in. Um, who did they bring in? They like brought Carson Scott third choice. Yeah, got, yeah Scott Carson, isn't it? Yeah, he third choice. I think Bravo is still there. Yeah. Is he still there? I think he's still there. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's, no, he's he's left. He's at Real Betis. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah. See, there we go. That he doesn't want to sit on the bench. So who's there two then? I have to get Carson. IT on this one. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Carson. It's not Carson. But yeah, but they, only, they only brought Carson in to um, settle off the um, homegrown quota. So at least yeah, he gets paid I'll, about like 15 grand a week to do nothing really. Fair enough. Their goalkeeper is some American lad called Zach Stefan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's highly rated, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, Zach Stefan is highly rated. He's very highly rated, man. They got him um, last two seasons ago, I think, and he was alone and he's come back. 
So this is the but, thing um, that we might. Have, so this is the thing that we might have to do. I think sometimes you do need that. You need that wily veteran goalkeeper who can just come in and do his job. So mm-hmm. I know when Ika Casillas was available a few years ago, I was very much on the on the on you know on, on the board of saying you know bring bring Casillas in, really experienced goalkeeper. I mean we had Allison at the time as well, so in some time in a valuable number two. If we were to get rid of Mignolet, bring Casillas in. You've got someone who can, you know, whisper in Allison's ear and help him get actually better because he's got the experience, he's got the know knowable within him as well. So it is, it, it's the trade-off, really. What do you want from a goalkeeper? Um, yeah, I don't want to spend too long talking about goalkeepers because it's, it's a really weird subject. But do you want the guy who, who's younger and come in and get a little bit better, who's but he's still a little bit unproven, and who probably will get a little bit of errors, or do you want that experienced veteran as well? And we also need to account for the fact that Addison might, you know. Allison hopefully doesn't get injured again, but we do have yeah. a pattern to say that if we do need a goalkeeper to come in and play, you know, five ten games a season, we need someone who's a better, capable backup, like Anik said, than Adrian. I'll take you know, you know, in saying that, I know I'll take I'll take um, I'll take Tim Krull, um okay. as backup, um, experience international level, Premier League level experience, and he's not a bad keeper. If he plays two, three, four, five a game, I'm I'm happy with that. I like Gasanigo as well. We're linked with, even Butland. Butland would do a job. You know no, what I mean? This ain't. We're not talking about our first choice. We're talking about. I'm not having Butland. No. No. You have Butland. Do you have Adrian? You have Adrian. The same people, to be fair. They're not the fucking same, bro. They're not. Yeah, the they same. are, man. Yeah, so what? Butland and Adrian. Whenever I see, whenever I see, but whenever I do see Butland in goal. There is some madness that goes on there, by the way. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, he, he can, but I, I think I think if Butler's got our defense, Butler's capable. No, nah, man, Adrian's got our defense. Adrian, Adrian, exactly. Adrian ain't capable. Nah, man, <laughs> he, was good. he ain't capable. Butler was good like three, four old. years ago. Yeah, then he just no fell problem. off a cliff. Adrian, Adrian is his own work. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Adrian could have the fucking mountains upon mountains of people in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> He would do. He, he, I guarantee you, kick the ball out and then ricochet on someone's bum and go in the goal. He's like that. That is what he's yeah, like. He's true, his man. own doing. I can't I have mean, that. That guy is. Oh. I mean, that is literally what happened against Bitter as well. Literally, so. literally what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's the bleed four of them. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, Enough of the goalkeeper chat. I think that was really good stuff, and we can pack that away. And we can actually, revi- I, I think that would be a really good one to revisit in January when the, the window reopens. To be fair, um, one of the things that the Villa game really stated was the importance of Sadio Mane to the Liverpool team, and more importantly, his grit, his dynamism, and his willingness to do whatever it takes to win the game. Uh, very much an Eddie Guerrero attitude, you know, lie, cheat, steal. Um, so, Glam, I'll come to you on this. The importance of Sadio Mane and how vital will it be to have him back for all the future fixtures now that he has cleared his COVID protocol and has hopefully gotten back to full health? Um, yeah, obviously, the importance of Mane is obviously, it, it needs, don't need to be said. He, he's, he's a vital part of how we press and how we play. But even more so, you know what I mean, that we got battered. Um, you know, not having him, it'll be looked upon as like, oh, wow. Even more so that we missed him. And I remember going back to before Salah came and Mane came and he went to the African Nations Cup. And for all the January or something, we went, we went on a run where we just weren't clicking. We weren't doing yep. nothing. You know what I mean? We were struggling to get goals. And I just think, myself included, like, I'll be honest with you, I've actually underestimated, not him as a player, 
but him as influence in how we play because he he's just hustling and bustle. He's just in there, even if he gets a foul off you. And I just think that he sets the tone for the other guys. And I think when they see that, then obviously maybe Bobby and Tyler also all start doing it. But yeah, no, he's he, he, he's much more vital than I thought. You know what I mean? I, not that I did think it was vital, but if you know what I mean, like the, the whole setting the tone. And I just think Villa wouldn't have got away with a lot of the things they got with if he was there. I mean, fucking Tyrell Mings came striding out the defence. That pissed me off so yeah. much, you know. He came striding out like he was Van Dyke. And I was just thinking, what the hell? What the hell? He was, he was yeah. galloping through, uh, you know, Villa Park, the hallowed turf of Villa Park. Like, he was oh. almost like prized Mate. racehorse. Like, the way he was Mate. galloping up and down that oh. pitch. It was, it was madness. Yeah, it really annoyed me as well that we just kind of, like, yeah, didn't even just do anything about it. But, Al, I'll come to you. Sadio Mane. Yeah, I mean, we, we see... I mean, there's been this really fun video going around this week where we've just kind of seen, like, a lot of his personality float around. Sadio Mane. That is known in the dressing room. Um, and I think you see, you see like, off, off the pitch, he is, like, this kind of quiet, reserved guy. And yeah. so you're getting really in that conversation and really going. And yeah. on the pitch, he's just he's a completely different beast, man. And I think not having that driving determination on the pitch was a massive, massive disadvantage of the Villa game. Yeah, it was, man. Just even for the pressing action, he's somebody that initiates the press well. Um, someone that was always playing on the edge of the game. So when I say that, I mean... He's someone that's always looking just to to make things happen. If if it's with his defensive action or with his attacking prowess, um, I feel that him him and Salah, where they don't play or they don't play well, it's a big nut to us. Obviously, I want to I'll take out Bobby for now because Bobby's not on form. But when those two don't play, one we miss the dynamism. Even for the balance, we miss it as well. So he showed um, against Villa what we really missed, and it's just someone to give defence to think about because against Villa they were doing this thing where they were from the left-hand side, left central all the way to our right-hand side and with money in the team, that doesn't happen. How often mm. is he going to press? He's going to press well. Jota played well, but obviously Jota's still coming to speed with the way we press and the way we play. So I'm not going to you know, knock Jota on that, but with, with money, the dynamism, the pressing, the strength, the quickness, trying to get in behind um, it's, it's a lot. Even the leadership, I mean, it's not someone that um, strikes you as a leader, but he is very much. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. One of the main guys in that, in that team. Anik, yourself? Yeah, I suppose to further support exactly what uh, Glam and Ellis said, I think this guy, he just sets the tone for the press. We saw that against Arsenal. He was yeah. bang up for it. He was in their faces. You know, this guy is he's relentless. Um, even for Chelsea, uh, even against Chelsea, getting the second goal, he just nipped it off Kepa. Kepa had no clue. You know, this guy, he's just completely relentless. He's he's everywhere. Um, but I think the, cre- the, the key stat about Mane, which really stands out for me, is I think ever since he's been with us, we haven't lost a game at home. 
and that's like what that's over four years that this you know this guy is is so 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 crucial to our team um and and you know what we can see that i suppose probably chris looking further ahead well looking behind actually i think the, the the trigger press is so key to the high line that we have the high line only works if the press from the front is sufficient and then that's further supported by the midfield and we should probably come onto the midfield in a bit as well because if that press at the attack is not good enough then if they pick us off and get us in and get the ball in midfield the same way Barkley and Grealish were doing they have all the time in the world to you know slip the ball through um so yeah, I mean, fr- from the top, this this guy's crucial to us, and yeah, even um, yeah, e- even in the games we've seen this year, that you know he's 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 probably the, for me the most vital element of the attack. I'll have him over Salah. Yeah, um, absolute beast of a football player. Uh, let's pivot onto that midfield conversation because, like like you both said, in terms of the, the press, one of the things that Villa completely did was just nullify our midfield from the game completely um, doing what they did in terms of having Grealish in that floating role and allowing Barkley just simply just to get his head down and run 20 yards of the ball non-stop like a crazed kid on sugar was um, it was a bit of a foolproof method weirdly enough um, looking back at the game and in the way we have our midfield set up especially operating in those areas where they do a lot of the cover work for the fullbacks what do you think was missing, mainly from that? Was it was it anything in terms of positioning? Was it just be, being spun from Villa's game plan? What what do you guys feel was the main error that led to the midfield looking as porous and just flaccid as it did, realistically? Um, again, I think you just don't press again. Um, just picking up on spaces. Naby came off at halftime. He was dragged. It's sure that he wasn't offering um, enough support to the right-hand side of the defence. So they left Gomez and um, Trent a bit exposed. There were times when Grealish was just peeling off off Trent and Trent had to worry about Watkins and Barkley coming to that spot, um, which, allowed, which allowed Gomez to, to get pulled out wide. So I think things like that, it's just, yeah, just the press really, then the use of the ball, we didn't use the ball well. Um, people just picking us off. We tried to jump into tackles. It, it was a bit messy, really. Um, Naby doesn't really play on that role on that side, so maybe you can say that he wasn't used to it. But I mean, he still plays central, so he should be all should right. We, should we dig into the Naby conversation a little bit more detail? Because Glam, I know you're completely done with him, aren't you? At this point, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with him, man. I'm <laughs> done with him. I, like, it just, it's it's too long. It's been, what is it? Third season now. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's 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 too much, man. It's too much. Like. He is, 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 for one, he's been bold and taken a number eight shirt. Like, let's be real, mate. You're going to go under the radar. Why did you take the number eight anyway? So, you're yeah, let's not stuff. Let's you not forget I mean? that there was a video, you know, we did the whole thing where it was Gerard giving him the number eight shirt. Yeah. And yeah, we exactly. thought we were getting this rudimenting midfielder who was going to bomb up, get 20 yards yeah. of space. And, and I will give a little bit of sympathy to him. He's been remoulding to a little bit of a different player. Um, he's yeah. not been asked to do those exact same things as he was doing at Leipzig. So, I will give him the benefit of the doubt there, but yeah, in no, terms I, of... I, I just, I, I just think, obviously, like, even, even at times he's, he was going down, like, time in Champions League, we've come back, he's got injured. It's like, it's like oh, someone's hardly ever touched, and I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? Like, either get yourself fit or come back. But 
in terms of the Villa game, what was missing is someone in that midfield that could take control. Naby didn't take control. Gini didn't take control. Fabinho didn't take control. And going the other way forward, Villa had no one to worry about through our midfield. We had Barkley. We had Grealish to worry about. Even McKinn was trying to run and obviously do bits. Who was in our midfield? Who was trying to do bits to pressure their defence? I mean, their defence through midfield? Nobody. No one took control of it. And that been a game, boom, yeah, you, you guys, boy, Thiago would have been fantastic. And someone dynamic like, say, Ox as well, to drive forward. But Naby can do that. But I just think, as Ellie said, he's going out wide. I don't know why you're going out wide. I just don't know. If you're going out wide, at least back up Trent. You weren't doing that. So I don't. I just don't understand. But yeah, I'm, in terms of Naby, I'm done with him, man. I'm done. With I, him. I, don't, I don't care if we come back against the hat trick. I'm done. <laughs> fair enough. That's nah, That's completely fair. Because I think, like, like you said, Glenn, third season and... It's one of those things where I was like, if it's not going to come together, it's not going to come together for you, is it? Yeah. So I, I can, I completely get, I, I completely understand your frustration there. Um, I think if we're going to play him, he just has to play on the left wing, doesn't he? That's where he excels. That's where he, that's, that is where he excels. And that's where he plays his best football. But I think yeah. a lot of people get annoyed at this, and you know they feel that we overstate his importance, but. That is a game where Jordan Henderson was massively missed, in my opinion, in terms of doing the dirty work, because he would have been, you know, we're asking Ginny to man mark Grealish to an extent, which was, he, I mean, he was absolutely unplayable in that game. He was fantastic. He offered so much for Villa going forwards and tracking back as well, um, holding up play. I, I can't say enough superlatives about him from that performance, but. A lot of the stuff that Hendo does understated in games or sometimes overstated, he would have delivered in that um, in that Villa performance. So, Anik, do you think he was massively missed in that game? Yeah, definitely. There definitely was missed. I think the energy him, um, the, I, I just think the energy he brings is is so crucial to, to the midfield. You know, coming back to the high line, you know, if 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 the midfield is you know in the opposition's faces, you know, pressing them hard. The only way the high line can be exposed is over the top. What we saw in the Villa game was Grealish and Barkley running rings around Fabinho. You know, it's just so frustrating, so annoying. These guys, these guys, you know, we're better than them. And we we really let them show us up. Uh, we really let them show us up. And I think, you know, on the back of that, it could have been even more goals. Um, and I think that's 100%. probably where 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 Henderson's leadership could have also come in you know yeah. we you know th- there's even an argument to be had that we were even just too arrogant you know we thought you know what it's 4-1 we're going to come out and we're going to continue playing our game um and we'll probably beat them but no the complete opposite happened and they just continue to continue to expose expose the flaws that we had in midfield and in defense um so yeah to, to be honest with you Chris I think Henderson's um yeah I think Henderson being absent was was a massive miss for us. We, we, we need him back as soon as possible. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we've seen him play a fair few times for England yeah. recently, so getting a few minutes into the legs, getting Definitely for the Derby. Yeah, he's, he's, well, he's, he's needed for the Derby, um, 100%. I, mean, I think one of the points that Glenn made was really good in terms of someone kind of harassing Villa's midfield and kind of helping initiate the press. So when Curtis Jones did come on um, in that tried, weird... Yeah. He tried, he did his best realistically, which in that situation is all you can ask for. Uh, in that weird, really weird substitution where he came on for Joe Gomez. Um, that was just, that was odd. But um, yeah, I thought, he, I thought he did really well. And congratulations to him on earning a senior call up to the England team as well. So, congrats. Congrats. Oh, congrats. really? Yeah, yeah. He's been called up today. 
Um, so uh, he's absolutely that's fantastic. Even if he gets two minutes, we are going to be yeah, as shameless as possible. Uh, yeah. Oh, he, he's buzzing. He is buzzing, man. What a year, yeah. man. He's buzzing. It'll be nice to him as well. I mean, you, you'll have Hendo with him, you'll have Trent with him, yeah. you'll have Gomez yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, the limit for him, man. He can be anything he wants to be, man. He's such an excellent baller. Um, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good seeing, seeing him and seeing what he progresses into. He's very confident. Even against Villa, he was using the ball well. Obviously, the circumstances didn't allow him to play his proper football, but yeah. you know, it's about. Yeah, man. Well done to him. Kudos to him, man. We got, we got uh, John, man. Yeah, so a massive testament to all the hard work he's put in over the past 18 months, kind of involving himself as a footballer and just knuckling down and just making the rest of his ability, really. So, massive congratulations to him um, and the coaching staff at Liverpool. Um, so, it will be a little bit. I can see him yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, being a vocal, he's vocal. He reminds in that regard. He just reminded me a lot of a uh, lot of Gerard in that kind of in that kind of regard. Um, so yeah, that is quite nice to see. Um, uh, but yeah, we'd be a little bit remiss, kind of throwing the goalkeeper under the bus uh, and <laughs> letting everyone else have it if we didn't talk about the bloody defence, whose job it is to keep the ball out of the back of the bloody net. So the horror show that was uh, that seventy defeat. Uh, anything that they could have done better in hindsight, realistically looking back at it, else I'll come to you first. Yeah, concentrate, man. Fucking concentrate. <laughs> yeah. yeah man. I mean, like, last week was getting that joke on. Man. He was still that thought glam. But, I mean, flip and concentrate, man. We The problem is, because they played at such a great level, so when they do things like that, it takes us by surprise. You know what I'm saying? So, when that they're making schoolboy errors, you're thinking, what is going on? Um, there's a case to be made that maybe Gomez... Can take a t- take a break out of the team. Matic can come back in, but Matic hasn't played football since Everton. Everton in back in June. <laughs> so, like, do you want to play him there? Or because Goldman's played against Wolves and he looked really comfortable. I know Wolves ain't the best team, but he looked really comfortable. Yeah, Through the back as well, isn't he? As well? Yeah, the back. So he had a bit more security. He looks more assured in his in his touches and his passing, bringing the ball out. Um, so, I don't know, obviously, I hate to be clocking this situation. Do you want to drop Gomez? Do you want to put Fabinho against uh, informed Calvert-Lewin? I mean, he's not nothing special, but he's going to be really up for it because he's an inform. Um, do you want to bring Matip in, having not played since whenever? So, I don't know, man. I, at first, I said I was going to say drop Gomez, but then I'm thinking, well, your other two options are not really up to scratch, so I'd rather keep him. Just hopefully everything just goes to a plan and Villa was just a one-off to take it from there, really. Would you put Fabinho at centre-back? Yeah. Um, yes and no, because yes, I think he's um, when he's confident enough and he's an experienced baller. But no, because Calvert-Lewin is a different type of number nine. He's not. He's mobile. He leaps like a salmon. He's physical. I don't know if Fabinho wants that. Does he really want that? That's fair. Sure. That's fair. I, don't I, don't know, I don't know, man. We'll do. We'll, we'll touch on a little bit of the Everton game now. So, um, in terms of that, 
kind of playing Fabinho centre back. It's not Calvert Lewin that I'm really bothered about. It's more Charleston than anything because he's going to be on that left hand side. He's going to be floating in and around. Hamez, um, you're not going up against you know a guy like um, Andy Robertson for quite a while. So that's going to be that's going to be a nightmare for him. Uh, but in terms of that left hand side of the defense, in terms of that left hand side going up against the right hand side of our defense, I would maybe I just go to Gomez. Look, I'm showing a lot of faith in playing you today because quite frankly after after that performance you should be binned for the next few appearances but he's need, he's going to have to go up he's going to have to go with Edson Charlton who is playing quite well but uh, and he's going to have to support Trent there as well so it's essentially what you were doing against the Bamiyang I'm not comparing the Bamiyang to Richarlison at all but I think in terms of what Everton wants to do in terms of a game plan we're going to need someone to kind of close out that left hand that, that left hand side of their attack yeah, I think also in addition to that, you also have Luca Dean as well, which is a handy enough left back as well that, that, that can also cause us I problems. Absolutely, I hate it. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's sports hate. I don't genuinely hate it, but wow. he, he pisses me off so much. He's got, he's got a big mouth for someone who finishes oh, like tenth place. Yeah, and he's a he Barca like reject. Last season, isn't it? Yeah, he says something last season a bit. Yeah, bro, he's no, every, every time the derby comes up, it's oh yeah, I, I, I rejected Liverpool. Yeah, like, what? Well, like, why what? Is he, yeah, <laughs> yeah but you're going to be side man. That's why you drifted us, man. Get out of there. Trust me. I'm like a walk off like a flame meme where he's like, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Annick, I didn't interrupt you there. No, no worries. No worries. I, just, I, I think coming back to the um, original question, I think Luca Dean and Richarlison can cause us problems. Um, and I think it's a case of, you know, um, you know, Richarlison's in really good form at the moment. Gomez isn't in the best of form. And I think if you match them two up, it's like a recipe for disaster from a Liverpool point of view. But we also said this, that it's time for Gomez now to step up and he can step up in this game and show us exactly what he's about. And on the flip side, it's the perfect opportunity for him to show us exactly what he can do in defence. So, you know what? I would probably go with the risk and, and play him alongside Glam for yourself. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'll, um, I think that see him again playing again in the Wales. I think once you have a bad performance, I always think playing as soon as possible it, it is better than just dwelling it out. And I think that game would have obviously gave him uh, a lot more confidence. You know, it's come off when like the England done their job, no goals conceded. Um, yeah, you know I mean, he, he was assured. Um, so yeah, I will play him. Um, I'm more side of the Ellis fact that I just think that everyone's gonna come and try and rough us up in it. They're up for it. They're in the best form of their life. They think they, I know they think they can take us, and that's that's what I want element surprise to be. I know they think they can take us. I want the boys to be like, oh look, we're champions. Do you know what I mean we're on our A game? Do you know what I mean, and I just want us to stuff them. But yeah, I would um, stick with Gomez definitely. Fair enough. I think it's, it's, I think for me personally, it's a bit of an odd one because enough time has passed, but also it's kind of with with Gomez and how he kind of reacts to things on the pitch. It's like is that going to be in the back of your mind that you don't want to that you're yeah. going to overthink it and do a bit too much to overcorrect it and make up for that past performance? But on the flip side as well, Massive hasn't played football in about like six months, so it's like, what, yeah. what, what do you what do you do really? Um, Empty Goodison is going to be weird, isn't it? 
It's best time. Best time, man. I think obviously this 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 fans thing is helping Everton. But um, you know, I think it's the best it's time. Let defi- me tell you what, it's it's definitely helping them playing at home. Because you've got yeah. knock like, like thirty thousand pissed off Evertonians just Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. No, definitely hundred percent. But um just touching back on the um, Goldman thing, I think as well, with Henderson coming back, as I said, I was campaigning for Van Dyke as a leader and I think Henderson coming back leading, it will help the guys at the back. It will help them. Even Trent, he'll be talking. You know Henderson. Like sometimes I think he's gonna flip in faint. He's like, like he goes red. I'm thinking, is this guy alright? But that's the passion, and I think people, that that's what he does, you know what I mean? And I think sometimes uh, people underestimate it, but that is what he that's what he's saying, you guys are doing shit. You know what I'm saying to you? And I think that's what's needed. Yep. Agree. Okay. We need that vocal leadership on the pitch one hundred percent. I mean yeah. uh yeah, we can't. We don't need someone to shepherd the defense through the game because that's mm. really that's really devaluing the defense. But we just need that vocal leadership yeah. just to get, give someone the, the swiftest kick up the arse possible, which is one of the things that was needed from the weekend. Um, yeah, so I just want to touch back on that empty, empty, empty Goodison point because this, this, this will be if we score like a late winner or something in this game, oh. it's just not going to have the same effect. Yeah, <laughs> not going to have yeah. the same effect because I remember oh. the Mane, Mane plus three and. Yeah. That was powering Everton is one of the best things ever. Don't get me wrong. When we beat them four 0 it's great. When we do all that, but when we get the needly one 0 win, oh, and it's like in that kind of circumstance, I did, and the Origi winner, stuff like that, when they let off that purple flare. It, oh, there's nothing better. There's nothing better that will make your week than than that. And they get so pissed off. They get so in their own minds. They just eat away at them. They'll be IRA. They'll be if if they lose that in typical Everton fashion uh, on Saturday. It's an early kickoff as well, isn't it? Yeah. So if yeah. they if they lose that in that typical fashion, Lonsdale shoes will be coming right <laughs> over the Gladys Street, <laughs> straight in, man. It'll be carnage. There'll be Lonsdales everywhere, like Sports Direct. Yeah, Sports you remember, do, you remember, do you remember the um, Jack Yelka last minute winner? Where was that? Everson, Goodison or Anfield? Yeah. Equaliser. Anfield. It was equaliser. Anfield. Equaliser. That hurt my soul. That hurt, yeah, that, hurt. Yeah. that hurt my soul. Yeah, that hurt my soul, man. Because it was vintage. It was vintage Gerard, wasn't it, with a free kick? Yeah, vintage but, Gerard. And then he just comes out of nowhere and he just absolutely was, hammers it away. Yeah, it was such a, it was um, such a good goal as well. Yeah, and this is the thing as well for for Everton. I mean, we've touched on that a little bit. They'll come in with the focus that they'll be able to beat us. Yeah, and they'll have yeah, that in I'm their saying. minds. They'll be like, "We're the better team. We're, we're the informed team on their side at the moment." And you're coming to our our gaff. Fans or no fans, we think we're going to be able to beat you. And it's very yeah. present. It's very present that they've got that mindset from the fucking BT advert alone. No. So we, you know, we need to, which, which, is, which is absolutely hilarious, by the way, because it looks like, um, is it the one where he is the cover literally puts um, Virgil in his pocket? Yeah, oh, yeah, I saw the torso. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit of an instigator in certain group chats. And if I was in, if I was in the Liverpool dressing room, I'd be going to Virgil. I wouldn't stand for that if I was you. I'm you know what I mean? Exactly. But, I'm not but it's, it's what we need, though. It's what we need. We need a, a giddy Everton coming at us. Yeah. So, so we can just pick them off. I mean, um, I mean, Everton will always be Everton, innit? I, obviously, I'm not a scarce or anything, but like, they'll always be Everton. They've never been us since what? What are you talking about? My soil scouts at some point, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think they, haven't been, they haven't beaten us since like David Moyes. 1-0 Lee Carsley. 
Yeah, I think it was about 10 years ago. Yeah, last time they beat oh, us. Not beaten, yeah. they've, they've not beat, I don't think they've beaten us Hudson. since Hudson. 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 Yeah. yeah, sorry. They beat us 2-0, Arteta scored and Cahill scored. Yeah. yeah, and we and we were we, we were dog shit as well. Oh, we were so. dog shit. So, well, good luck to them if they think they can pull something out. Of the nah, fuck good luck, bro. We can't lose. I'll be honest, with you, it's the first time we can't lose. No, we can't. I, 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 I think, either, I think yeah. for the first time they actually think they could beat us. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what? And I hope that really reflects in their playing style as well because they've actually become they've been coming out a lot more positive in games. Um, they'll they they won't have the time on the ball and they won't have the time and they won't have the the wealth of possession that they have in previous games for this yeah. fixture. But even if we look at fixtures gone past, they've played so negative and so reserved because they've just wanted to avoid a, a hiding. You know, they yeah. are they are they are brawny at the moment hiding from Bron. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't want to have that yeah. beats. Um so hopefully they come out a little bit more expressive and they leave room. And kind of come you know, I'm not gonna say if you come out and expressive against the Liverpool team you'll you'll get punished for it because fucking hell Villa punished us for it. Yeah, so it'd be really mean to say that. But um, if they are playing a bit more positive, that's fantastic because it does slightly play into our hands. So it's the first Manchester side derby in a while where I've looked at it and thought it's actually quite a tasty contest. Because, yeah. Yeah and I think the I think the previous two derbies we had at Goodison Park it was a more case of Everton trying to stop us from winning. I think yeah. there was a one in 18-19 when, you know, it was nil-nil and we really we really wanted to win that. I think we needed to win that to get ahead of City or or, or something yeah. along those lines. And then post-lockdown, we had the game where we obviously were going for the records and, you know, Everton trying to, you know, trying to play, you know, pantomime villain and, you know, stop us from, from winning. Whereas this time round, they need to win to stay top of the league. So yep. very interesting to see how this pans out because um, they yeah they they need a go it for is, it. It is a bit children's fairy tale-ish, isn't it? Really, or yeah. you kind of like a not what's the word I'm looking for? Old wives' tale, where you know it's, it's the boogeyman coming back to Goodison Park realistically mm-hmm. to come in there, get all three points. It's their team that's terrorised you for all these years, and you're gonna have to try and put up a good fight. Mm-hmm. But uh, ultimately, what should happen at the end of the day is they remember they are Everton. And they are going to do Everton things in this football game. And, you know, one of the things that doesn't need to be said, because it's apparent everywhere we go, we are Liverpool, we are the dominant team, we are we are bloody Merseyside. So, I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to it. It's the first derby in a while. I'm, I'm, I'm always up for a derby. I mean, my dad is a scouser, so it's this is one of the games in our house that's always kind of pre up there. My dad hates Everton. It's fantastic. Um, and he just likes seeing them in pain. So, it's the first one where I'm looking forward to the encounter for a while. And... I'm a little bit kind of weirded by the lineup and what team we can play because it's the first time in a while that we've had options for this game too. Um, we have had it come through in the past hour or so that the Portugal team might have to quarantine for 14 days because Cristiano Ronaldo possibly tested, uh, tested positive for COVID-19. So that's Wolves, but good for this weekend uh, by all accounts. Uh, so that means Jota might not be available for this fixture. We'll see what that entails. Um, but in terms of your potential lineups, what would you do for this game? I mean, we did see Firmino score two goals against Bolivia, which needed, by the way, fucking yeah. needed, and the and the and the fashion of the goals too. One of them was just dead on on goal, which I, I watched back and I was like, he's going to miss this, isn't he? And then he scores. I'm like, okay, fantastic, awesome, that's great. And the other one was traditional Bobby style, where he was within his own half, ran forward, and then put the ball in the back of the net. So I'm thinking, 
<laughs> fantastic. I'm thinking fantastic. Bring that form back home with you. Bring whatever Thank you me. need from Brazil with you as well. Bring the weather, hopefully. You know what I mean? Um, and just get it all out of your mind, play your normal game. But would any of you do anything a little bit differently for this fixture? Would you kind of hold the previous game against him and maybe start Minamino? Or do you think it's too high of a fixture to risk that in? No, you can't risk it. You, you have to play Bobby. You have to bring Mane straight in, start Bobby and start Salah. It's just, I think it's just too risky to to bring in Jota, especially when Bobby's just scored two goals. Um, I'm not saying that he deserves to be playing. I think it's more a case of, you know, it's tried and tested with him in the system with the front three pressing the way they do. Um, I would say it's more vital to bring in Mane than Bobby, but um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk Jota. At the Home Depot, we improve things. This holiday season, we've improved Black Friday. Instead of one day of crazy, we've lowered prices now and they'll stay low all season. From decorations to dishwashers, wreaths to ratchet sets. So sleep in. You're not going to miss Black Friday. Not one little bit. Black Friday improved. The best prices of the year already here at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only Wasp buys last C-Store for details. Before, yeah, before the uh, COVID, oh sorry, yeah, before the COVID um, situation with the Portuguese t- uh, players, I would have brought in Jota for Bobby because I think Bobby just, just needs to see the bed for a couple of weeks. So how would you how would you have set up that from free? Because I have a I, would, uh, I have a weird like formula for this. Yeah, I would have gone Salah up top because um, I feel Salah out of out of money and Salah is a better central player. See, now I, I would have gone Mane up front. Yeah, see, I don't really like Mane with his back to goal. It doesn't help him. I think, I think Mane one-on-one is better than Salah. And Mane one-on-one is where he, is, is when he does his most damage. But I don't think Mane dropping off, turning around, then going, I don't feel that it helps him. It doesn't really help the team. But when he's on the run, looking at his um, fullback one-on-one, yeah, that's when, that's when he, he gets excited. I suppose Firmino is the only forward that we have that can only play through the middle. Firmino, you can't play on the wings because it, yeah. it just won't work. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, you're right. If you do play Mane or Salah, it can work. If I had to choose between the two, it would probably be Salah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to... Um, yeah, Firmino, I think Jota will have to ride bench, even if he's fit. He'll have to ride bench. Um, I just think... Now, sticking with the front three is the best option. And then if we need him off the bench, then you come off the bench. But yeah, no, definitely those three. Completely agreed. Um, it's going to be trend tested uh, for that front three. And we did have a question coming from one of the listeners, uh, Akunadi, underscore, uh, who wanted to know, do, do you think against the old foe, we are going to put the tried and tested midfield in, which is Milner, Henderson and Wijnaldum for this fixture? I uh, fucking hope not. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I would have had him against uh, Bloody Villa, that's for sure. Yeah, but yeah, now Thiago's come back in. I think seeing, seeing Thiago in, he, he's, he's just come off the back of a champ. He's, he's, he's an established player, man, experience. He's got the class and the quality. Like, Champions League, no bigger occasion. This ain't going to phase him. Especially when not, it's not going to phase him. Thiago has to play. Are you sure about that? Yeah, hey, what, if the, um, if the well, Everton I fans mean, are in the. Look, well, we'll see now just how good he is, isn't it? We'll see. See if he can step <laughs> no, up to the no. plate. 
No, Ooh. on the real, I'm, I'm going to play Thiago. I'm going to play Henderson. I'm going to play Gino. That's what I'm playing. Yeah, no, I'll, no. I'll, I'll, I'll probably go for the same. I'll be interested to see how Thiago does. <laughs> this guy. But I'll be, I'll, I'll be, I'll be very happy to have Mane back. Get him in the lineup as well. Yeah. They're, they're, they're crucial for me. Is is Alan injured for Everton? Does anyone know? Yeah, I'm. I'm no, looking I mean, now. That'll be a big loss for them. That'll be a massive loss for them. I want all their players fit. I want every single player in their form. I want everyone fit. No excuses. <laughs> no. <I'm not. laughs> Where would you play Thiago in this game? Six roll? Absolutely. No. What are you playing? Hey, don't come with that eight again, bro. Fam, don't come with a six roll, fam. He's never played six. Henderson. He's not a six. No, I'll put Fabinho. I'll play Fabinho, Hendo, and Thiago, fam. Why would you want Thiago so far behind, fam? He's an excellent pass of the ball. He can press well. So if you can press well, that means you can keep Liverpool further up the field. You can find the forwards. Bro, why do you want him playing so far behind? Fair enough, you can. But I don't think Fabinho should play. Why? I don't I don't think Fabinho should play. He hasn't been good. He hasn't no. been good. Henderson, it has, has to be out of... Because Henderson has to start. Yeah, he's back. He dropped Genie then, didn't he? I think Target starts. Yeah, it'll be out of Genie, Fabinho. But I think Genie would be better suited for the derby than Fabinho. Nah, man. No, Fabinho's a bit of a fairy, bro. No disrespect. He's whoa, we're no lying, bro. He is though. He's a bit. He's a bit like. He's, just, I, I, I don't. He doesn't. He doesn't get tucked in. I don't. This, this, these challenges are going to be absolute. They're, they're going to be up for it. You know, this is going to oh, be rockers yeah. upon rockers wrestling. Yeah. You see, you Fabinho, need people Fabinho's, with heart. You need people with heart. Fabinho's a hard man. man. He's a hard man. I've seen him so many challenges. No, I've never seen him. He's a fancy sort of. Like a classy player, but Thiago has to play. Henderson will not bottle it. No way about it. And Genie yeah. won't bottle it. Even, mm. even even Milner, I'll put in before Fabinho because I know no Milner's hard with the sleeve. Not not in this game, man. I'll, Bro, I'll it's a Fabinho. derby. Yeah, I'll I'm telling you, it's a derby, guys. We need Ooh. those people with heart, especially after that seven-two drumming. We're gonna need heart. I'm telling you, Fabinho's on it, fam. But we'll see. Let's not be winning. If he's in it, he's on it. But if he's not, I'm coming for you next week. <laughs> Oh, man. You know me, B. Yeah, all right, cool. That's fine. Man, would you say that uh, Fabinho is a world-class player? Fabinho? Mm-hmm. Um, in his role, in his role, yeah. I would say he's one of them, innit? But you know what? Fuck it. No, nah, no. Nah, I don't know, guys. I, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be real. I've been a bit biased here. Bit much, yeah. Okay, so would you say he's one of the top three defensive midfielders in the world? In world of football, um, yeah, currently no, he's not top three. He's not top three. Who'd been top three? Um, defensive midfielders, I would say off the top of my head, um, I'm putting Kante in there. I'm putting um, Joe. Although although Cruz is the number eight, the centre midfielder, I think you can do box to box in both. So I'm going to put Cruz in there as well because I just think he he can do both and. Who else? Who am I missing? Who am I missing? Who am I missing? Uh, right. Right. Who? Variety. Variety. Yeah, Variety. Variety I put in there, but obviously he's trying to trust him in France and Italy. But, okay, debatable. Firmino can have a, have a debate with it. 
if you flangs me in there, I'm not going to say to you, oh, you're totally wrong. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. my yeah. one, if I, if I set off, that was off my head, but if I sat down and think about it, I don't think you'd be in my top three. I get why Els wants to play him. Um, and it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a weird one. You think of roles and responsibilities and stuff. Because, um, you know, it's going to be a physical game, like you said. And I think he does... Yeah. He does come up for that. He is a. He, I, I think he is a bit of a physical player. Um, but yeah. there, are, there, there are some occasions where he can get brushed off the ball, and that, and that yeah. is more due just due to a lack of focus more than anything. So it's, yeah. a, bit of a, it's a bit of a hard wheel street, especially in this fixture when he needs to be switched on for every single occasion. Um, so we all look. Actually, he, I don't. He, he can't play, can he? Because he's got a positive uh, COVID diagnosis. So I was going to say, is anyone saying that? Who's that? No, Nab- Nabby. Nabby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't playing anyway, man. Um, he had no you, chance. Yeah, no, no chance. chance. You, you see, you see, with Nabi, yeah? when Nabi I first, nah, I was just about to, I was just about to ask that. So you know, we're talking about a little bit of, if we're playing, nah, talking about a little bit of dynamism in that midfield, yeah. a little bit of someone yeah. who can get it going. Yeah, and you know, local lad knows yeah, exactly. Picture. That's why I want playing. That's why I won't play him. You'll lose his head, bro. You'll two for someone. 100%. 100%. There's a game. Do you remember when um, we was drawn with Everton? Yeah, and Rafa Boys. took off Gemma. Yeah, because he was getting too heated. He was just flying. Yeah, he was getting too heated. Everyone lost their do you, minds. Like, do, you remember when he got, do you remember when he got sent off in 2006? Bam. And that game like against Anfield. Four minutes into the yeah. game. He just two for yeah. someone. I could not believe what I was looking at. No, but that, 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 that's what I'm Mr. Fan. That's what I'm Mr. Fan. But without oh, fans, bro. Even, <laughs> even that point one, even that cut one, I'm done. When Kyle just karate chopped someone for no reason, bro. That was bro, in the, in, the, in the moment, I was like, yeah, get in. Oh, and I was looking, looking back at it, I was like, he basically insults the bloke. Um, <laughs> I was like, we were talking to Gerard as well. Remember when he like two footed Kevin Campbell as well? Yeah. 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 It's a violent fixture. Well, it it used to be a violent fixture. It sometimes it still can be, but yeah, man, you do have to like, and that's it's I guess where the, where no fans will come into it. You've not got yeah. people egging people on. So let's say Tom Davis plays, he's not yeah. being made to kind of feel a little bit more like he has to put that extra effort, that extra kind of like foot on in someone. Leave his leave his mark from early. So from that point of view, you, it's, you guys it's, you guys think Saga will start there? You, you guys seem a bit unsure. A few heads on I think, short. I think yeah, he'll play. I think he'll start. play. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I've got a feeling Milner might play, you know. Don't know why. I hope not. It'll be a, too, a bit too quick for Because him. after 70, and obviously the travelling as well, we don't know what condition, like what? Has Holland got three games as well? That's the thing. So, no, Tiago stayed at home, though. No, I mean, like, um, Holland. like Ronaldo and stuff like that. Genie. All those three games, I think yeah. there could be some changes, man, depending, man. It's, the so thing, man. it's like with yeah. it's, it's it's absolutely criminal by the way that FIFA have uh, and it's all the joke. respective fo- and the, all the respective uh, governing bodies have allowed this. <laughs> it's an absolute yeah. farce. Um, they should be they should be found in the hate. So if you, you so let's say if you went on holiday to Gr- to Greece, you went there for like ten days. When you come back, but and if you don't have any mm-hmm. symptoms, even if you're symptomless, you still have to quarantine for X amount of yeah. days, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. they run yeah. the countries, yeah. So how is that any different? To the, why is there an exemption for footballers? Why is there an elite athlete exemption? Through the um, the uh, 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 airport, a uh, uh, communal purple. I don't know, but it's bullshit. It's you're, still mixing bullshit. From, you're still mixing with other people from other destinations. It's not exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. It's, still, it's 
It's madness. It, it's yeah, absolute it's madness. madness that they've allowed this. And the fact that we've got another one in like a fucking month yeah. is preposterous as well. But I'm hoping that... I mean, what Leipzig did was ballsy. Uh, it was absolute ballsy. When what they, what just they said, do? They said no one's going. Love that. Rated. Love that. Rated. And that's for health and safety. Then I don't know why yeah. we can't do that. It's health and safety reasons. That wouldn't be a problem. You know it's, the way of just, it's the way that you said the well-being and safety of our players is paramount and becomes before anything. And that is how it should be. Yep. You yep. know what I mean? It yep. doesn't matter if you're an elite elite, athlete, elite athlete or not. It's a disease that we still don't know how to treat and if you know, we don't have a cure for it yet. Yeah. So we need to put everyone out of harm's way, uh, which was, you know, when, you know, when Mane and when Mane and Thiago got it, I was very concerned because you know, you know, you know, we don't know the lasting effects it's going to do on their body, but you know, hope you know we can see that they're back to full fitness. The Mane one was absolute. The Mane is comedy though sometimes because he, he had that positive diagnosis and then he was in his house doing spin exercises shirtless. So I was like, <laughs> e- e- even Corona can't bad. stop this man from stop like putting in the shift. You can't shut. You can't stop him. If anything, Mane might I be the that, cure. Man. I love him. I love him. Warrior, man. absolute warrior. So, uh, so, so, so is so Mane's going out doing all that, and what's Thiago doing? Taking walks around Liverpool. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Thiago, I thought Thiago did a hundred, hundred pressures in one minute. Lamb. Said he went to Melwood and bench three hundred. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it in my eyes. Came and he was doing squats. Um, yeah. Predictions for the weekend, or is it a little bit too early? I, well, I'm going to go with my dreams, man. I was, I, I'll, I'll share with you guys, don't know. My dreams were, you, you'll probably say I'm realistic. Like, we, we slaughtered them, I think, like, 4-1 or something like that, 5-1. There's loads of it, goals. Man. There's loads of goals in my dream, but I'll just, I'll just go with the fact <laughs> I, like, I like having Glam's dream scenario. We still bloody yeah, yeah, concede. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just go with the fact that we're going to win. That's what it's telling me. That's all I'll go with. So we're going to win. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be an open game. Um, Adrian in goal, you oh, know, doesn't fuck, help the situation, but I think I think I think we're going to outscore them. So yeah, we'll win. Yeah, we're definitely conceding though. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as optimistic as you guys. I'm going for a one-one draw. But no different to every other year, would it really? No, yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> which, is the, which is the mad thing. Um, uh, for me personally, I, I'm glad that we've got this as the next fixture because it's the fit. If it wouldn't have been for the international break, I'd have been a little bit more optimistic, as weird as that sounds, because of the fact that we came off like a really crushing, demoralizing, de- emasculating defeat. Um, but hopefully, everyone comes back safe and sound, God willing, God bless him. And you don't need any more motivation, realistically. It's, you know, you got bad in your last game, you need to get up off the canvas, and your next the, your next opponent is um, your biggest rival, realistically. They've been talking shit. They're in the position that you want to be, you want to be in come the end of the season, God willing, again. So, go out there, play, play like who you are, and more importantly, remember who you are. Remember that you are yeah. Liverpool. You know what I mean? You're the team that has gone... Back to back ninety five plus point seasons, mm-hmm. former European champions, current Premier League holders, current world champions. Just remember who the hell you are, man, and go out there and just 
do the business. That's yeah, what, we, that's what yeah the after that, after that Villa result, we 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 need to bounce back and um, we need to show we need to show exactly what we're about here because yeah, that that Villa result still hurts, man. True character. Yeah. We need to show true. Yeah, we need to show true character. We need to be the mentality giants that we are. Uh, the mentality giant show is available as a Patreon exclusive. So do head over to www.patreon.com forward slash copper fracas for access to that show. Uh, boys, is there anything else you want to cover whilst we've got about five minutes or so? Um, no, really, man. Has we done the questions? Yeah. Yep. Questions? Yeah. I want. I want to. I want to quickly touch on touch on um, the right back situation. Well, it's not a situation. Um, just that I'm. 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 I'm look at look at Ellis leaning back. I'm. I'm, I'm a bit. I'm a bit. Um, this has become my. This has become my favorite showdown, by the way, on a weekly basis. <laughs> I, I, so. <laughs> I, I, I feel like Trent can become complacent. Complacent, and I don't think. He'll be challenged, if you know what I mean. Same with Robertson, but obviously Robertson, I don't think he lacks in his performance as much in defensively. But I think when Trent plays badly, there's no one to then say, you know what, let's just sub him for this game and bring someone else in. I don't think Nico's it, and I think Trent knows that Nico ain't it. I'm just thinking, are you guys? A bit, I'm a bit concerned about that. Do you know what I mean? The fact that obviously I want the competition. Yes, Trent is our first choice, but. I'm like his defensive, his, his positioning, it, it, it kills me. I, I seriously, I can't, I can't ignore it. I can't ignore it, and it leaves Gomez up to question as well, where Gomez is trying to cover him, and it's not being brought up enough. I'm really concerned about it. I'll be honest with you. So I don't know. I know Ellis don't share the same views. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm concerned about Trent's positioning. He might be able to fend. But his positioning is, is a concern, man. I'm telling you guys, it's a concern. I mean, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I think it's a fair enough point to bring up. But he hasn't he hasn't got any competition there, really. I mean, mm. Nico Williams is, is is probably not up to it. Um, yeah. Can he improve though, Nico? Can Nico improve? You think? He's still yeah. young, you know. He's still he's, he's, he's young, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's still, he's still young. But I don't know. I think I think on <laughs> the bonus thing. I think on the Gomez thing, there's there's also discussion to be had as to whether you, sw- if it's possible to swap Verge and Gomez, so Verge plays on the right hand side of. The Thank game. you. I, I was wondering that as well, but I think Verge more. I was wondering that. Can that like, be done? If that's possible, then we should maybe look at that just to maybe yeah. protect the right hand side. Um, nah, Verge more left side. Nah. Left, left. Verge won't swap, will he? He just plays oh, left centre back. No, I think he's just yeah. confident. He's just more comfortable at left back. I'd, I think, um, again, like I was saying in the group chat, I think um, Trent's defensive frailties are overstated. Um, I don't think they're as bad as people make out. <laughs> you have to understand that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't honestly don't think. I don't think that as like mad because he's played in defence that's conceded less than what twenty five goals. He's played in a defence that's conceded. Oh, like, no, thirty something. No, but he didn't. Adjian was part of the team that led us to glory last season when Allison was up. But you, we, yeah, so, we're, and, we're now and, and he was behind. Defense. Yeah, but and he was behind the defense, which was good enough. Hence, why some of his fragilities was yeah. being uh, underkept. Exactly. So I don't think that now we're going to see that. Oh yeah, he's so rubbish defensively because he's not. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Yeah, and I also he, guarantee. 
Yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry to interrupt, interrupt gents. It's, it's one of the things where he's kind of like we're saying for Neko as well. Can he develop as he gets get, gets older? I think especially with when you're playing the role that Trent does and the attacking responsibilities as well, having to then worry about your positioning is a very difficult thing to do. So that's why when we have the mm-hmm. midfielders playing in the roles that they do, it's important that we have someone who's incredibly tactically aware and tactically switched on. But I, do, I think both points are massively valid because yeah. when you grow your game and when when, when Trent, I mean, you have to still remember, he's still under 23. 22. Isn't he, really? Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that still comes of age and that, you know, come with his well worth. But it is a, it is a, it's a valid concern and it's something that he has to work on because God knows every, every other facet of his game is very, very switched on. No, absolutely. So, yeah. and, and, I'm, and I was, was going to echo across... Um, as Ellis is getting a bit sensitive where it's not about his rubbish defending. Yeah. I'm just saying it's positioning. It's positioning that worrying me, not his defending, his positioning. Because I look at it and I think where Christian has brought an age, I'm gonna still hope that he can improve his game because on the other side, Robertson now, he he, he doesn't leave no room for errors, that boy. Back and forth, up and down, defensively very good as well. So I'm hoping as he, as he progresses on, he will learn. You know, he's way obviously from defending side. That's all, Ellis. Yeah, what you say? You say you say positioning. Was it, what would you what do you want him to do? Is it when he's no, getting yeah. the Yeah, yeah. So what I want him to do. So, for instance, okay, we've lost it. Okay, you've gone forward, fantastic. You whipped the crossing. You've done some tackle. Okay, when you're back in position, I'm not saying when he's running back. When he's running back, he'd be covered by one of the DMs. Fine, but I've seen him in back in position, and I've seen a man on the right hand side. And I see him running for a minute. He doesn't track his man. I know they try to call the line, but either way, if you've got to be wary, if he, if he missed that line, yeah, you've got to track his man. And he's back. He, um, he was on the other side. Naby got back before him. That shouldn't happen. You're part of a back line. That should not happen. If you're if you're forward and Naby covered for you, or Genie covers you, fine. But you should not be in a position on the right hand side of, of a fullback, and still the midfielder's getting there before you. I don't know if that's his instruction not to do. I don't know whether we counter-attack and he should be available. But that's what bothers me, his positioning. Let's be clear. I know to the listeners, I'm not, the defender is not... It's his positioning that I'm worried about on the football pitch. That's it. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair criticism. Um, yeah, I think that's what that's... Yeah, I think that's, that's good. That's I mean, good. Sorry, Chris, before you round up. Yeah, that is something you probably can work on. Something that you can... You can um, the coaches will speak about. Um... Yeah, I'll, I'll look into. I'll, I'll definitely like, sit back and look in and see, yeah. and see that. But for me personally, I don't think it's maybe it's not as bad as people make out. But it is. No, it's not. Problem. It's, it's, it's not. Much. It's not as bad as people make out. Obviously, Olderly, he's a bit what best right back or one of the best right backs in the world. Do you know what I mean? So it's just rate is ridiculous. So that's that. That's just, that's just a tiny small criticism to make him even better. And on that note, we'll uh, we'll end this week's pod. Uh, thank you so much, boys, for joining me this week. Uh, no everyone, everyone, thank you very much for listening to us ramble on about Liverpool FC and all LFC things related. Uh, if you do love what we do here, again, uh, please head over to www.patreon.com forward slash copy and fracas. And from as little as £3 a month, you'll have access to a wealth of fantastic content. And we've got more coming for you in the next few weeks. Uh, again, if you're a big fan of this pod and you have, uh, you know, you got your friends who are unfortunately United fans, you know, unfortunately they're Chelsea fans, and unfortunately, there are Arsenal fans as well we do have parts to cater those needs so do head over to the main Touchline account at Touchline Podcast as well and of course and Touchline Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify you can find them all out so 
go in there, board all the podcasts onto your friends, and you'll have a good time debating the same arguments that we do every day. So, all good, all chaos all round, as we like to say. So, from us here at Cocker Podcast, we will see you next week. Peace. Peace. ready to ride metro we want you to know we're ready for you here are just a few of the people at metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe we're cleaning like never before we're hospital grade clean you'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the metro no mask no metro need one we have a few extras at metro we're doing our part to keep the dc area moving find out more at wmata.com doing our part Social Podcast Network.